This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I was a poor chugger. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Last one for you, Brett, and it's uh, it's a difficult question, but I'm going to ask it. Certainly more uh, Trump, uh, difficult to answer since it looks into the future. It's the old crystal ball, and you even said yourself. I'll take the world. You do. You cut me off. You, yeah. th- you think he will not end his career as a Green Bay Packer just like you? Um, my gut tells me no. And I just think that if you're playing for now, as all the the teams in the league will tell you they are, or most will tell you that. Uh, some certainly are not. But Green Bay's one of them that should should be playing for now. They don't draft any weapons, not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately, to my knowledge. And that just sends a disrespect message to, to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. He has, he has every right to be disappointed if he is. Brett Favre is the best. The goat of talking. He is the goat. He's the goat. I said it before. He's the goat. Inject that soundbite into my veins. Can you just play the start? Because Eisen tries to ease into what he considers to be a difficult question. And I think he's worried that Brett might, you know, know, be a little bit upset to hear that question. And then Brett gets tired and just cuts him off. Last one for you, Brett, and it's uh, it's a difficult question, but I'm going to ask it. Certainly more uh, trub- uh, difficult to answer since it looks into the future. It's the old crystal ball, and you even said yourself. I think you'll play some world. <laughs> you do. You cut me off. You, yeah. th- you think. <laughs> that wasn't difficult for him to answer at <laughs> all. He was waiting for it. Oh, Brett Farm still was to stick it to the Packers. They yes. can pretend everything is fine all they want. Yes. He's been welcomed back into the family. Brett Farm yes. is still trying to stick it to the Packers. It's it's like when it's it's like oh. when Roger Goodell oh. from his oh, from his man. posh library basement when the Packers selected Jordan Love. It's like simultaneously the Brett Favre bat signal went up in the air. All right, time to talk about time to trash the Packers. It's amazing. Oh man! And now I, I saw I, I've seen a few things on Twitter since uh, Favre made those comments to Ison that um, Packer fans now very upset that Brett would, ladies and gentlemen, in Wisconsin. If you don't know who Brett Favre is by now, you will never know. And Brett Favre is a smart, he he acts dumb, but he's smart. He is an opportunist. He is a guy that knew that eventually it made a lot of sense to get back into the graces of the Green Bay Packers because that helps him. Mm-hmm. It makes him money. And, and I think deep down Brett Favre wants to be liked, all right? But for those in Green Bay... And Rami, in your uh, former stomping grounds of Milwaukee and Wisconsin in general, for those who are saying this is far, uh, th- th- this is him not respecting the Packers, or for him, no, this is Brett Favre. This is truly who he is, and it is great. 
You guys want to hear more Brett Favre? Talking about Aaron Rodgers? Talking oh, about yes. the Jordan Love pick? Yeah, in my veins. I'm just going to play a bunch of random stuff here. And I just think that if you're playing for now, as all the, the teams in the league will tell you they are, or most will tell you that, uh, some certainly are not, but Green Bay is one of them that should should be playing for now. They don't draft any weapons, not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately, <laughs> to my knowledge. And that just sends a disrespect message to, to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. He has, he has every right to be disappointed if he is. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to uh, talk about all that we talked about, but he uh, he was, let's just say, surprised that uh, – that they went in that direction. <laughs> okay. Yes. Do you guys think when... when yes. So, amazing confirmation there. So Brett I'll answer your question. Yes. Brett Favre has talked to Aaron Rodgers since the draft pick, which is... I think that's really fascinating on its own right there. Do you think when Aaron Rodgers is on the phone with Brett Favre in that moment, pissed off, venting, man, can you believe it? Like, this must have been how you felt 15 years ago. Do you guys think... Aaron Rodgers told Brett Favre, listen, go on any national show you can and express my feelings. Or do you think he thought it was a private conversation and Brett Favre just, <laughs> all right, I guess I'll go do a national radio tour on Rich Eisen. All this is just a coordinated attack on the Packers well, by Brett it, Favre and Aaron Rodgers? It was either it was either lined up by Rodgers, who said, listen, I'm going to vent to you and then I want you to, because I can't go on and I don't want to completely burn down the bridge yet, but... You go on national radio or TV and you express my thoughts through your own thoughts. Or do you guys think that it was a private conversation that Brett Favre just went public with because he's Brett Favre? What's more likely? I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter. I think it's just Brett being Brett. (laughs) Brett not knowing any better. Oh, man. Play the soundbite again about him talking to Aaron. Last one. The one talking to Aaron. Yeah, this is great. Well, Aaron and I get along great. And I did talk to him. I'm not going to. Uh, talk about all that we talked about, but he uh, he was let's just say surprised that uh, that they went in that direction. He then he basically is giving you a play by play of what Aaron told him and saying I'm not going to tell you everything that he told me while telling you almost everything that Aaron told. Him. Actually, can you play the one you played before that again, real quick? Because this was Brett just venting about his time in Green Bay and them never giving him any weapons to throw to. Let's hear that again, please. And I just think that if you're playing for now, as all the the teams in the league will tell you they are, or most will tell you that. Uh, some certainly are not, but Green Bay is one of them that should should be playing for now. They don't draft any weapons, not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately, to my knowledge. And that just sends a disrespect message to, to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. He has, he has every right Aaron to Rogers, be disappointed huh? if he That's is. What you're talking about Aaron Rodgers? You're talking about Aaron Rodgers there, Brad? Is that who you're talking about? I don't think you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Uh, so when so Brett Favre, I'm just going to ref, cross reference here oh. just for fun here. Okay, Brett Favre played for the Packers between 1993, 1992, and uh, 2005. Okay, let's just go through the draft just for fun, just to see if All Brett's right. really referring to himself, his own uh, situation. Okay, 1992, the Packers drafted defensive back, linebacker in the first two rounds. 1993, two first round picks, defensive back, linebacker. <laughs> 1994. Guard, first round. 1995, defensive back, first round. 1996, tackle, first round. 1997, tackle, defensive back. Darren Sharper was one of them, by the way. 
1998. What happened to that guy? Darren Sharper? Yeah. He was a wonderful guest on the old yeah. uh, Royce and Mackey show. Royce and Mackey enjoyed years. his company on the show. Yeah. In fact, I think we were scheduled to talk to Darren on the Friday that all that stuff went down. and He didn't answer his phones. Multiple phones. So it's hard when you're in custody. 1998 Packers drafted with their first and third round. Their first two picks were first and third round. Defensive end, defensive end. 1999, three straight defensive backs because of the Randy, Randy Moss, Moss situation. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, 2000, they drafted Bubba Franks in the first round in 2000. So they drafted a tight end. 2001, we're still in the middle of Brett Favre's career. Defensive end in the first round. And then 2002, they drafted Javon Walker with the 20th pick in the first round. So yeah. Brett Favre was there for 20 years, before, sorry, for 10 years before they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. So Rami's That's exactly amazing. Right. Yeah, he's You're talking about himself. Ranting about that was That was a very, very transparent, passive-aggressive attack by Brett Favre talking about his time in Green Bay. There's more. Brett Favre with Rich Eisen talking about the Packers drafting a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers being mad. Getting back to winning now and the importance of having the pieces in place or almost all the pieces in place and you you selecting not only in the first round but other rounds other positions other than a, an immediate need for our offense is uh to me it just sends the wrong message that we're we're preparing for the future now rather than we're going to try to win this thing next year you know it's not his job to mentor Jordan Love and, and this discussion went on you know, when I left Green Bay, it, it's not the head guy's job to mentor the next guy. That guy is ultimately there to take your spot. Now, if if Jordan were to ask Aaron, can I watch extra film with you? I would be shocked if Aaron said no. Uh, you know, I think he would go over and beyond <laughs> help. But he's not going to go out of his way, and that's I, I can't blame him. What's the story? Did Brett ever? Did Aaron ever ask Brett, like, hey, can you, can you show me around the film room? I don't know. Because no, Brett Robbie. didn't watch film. Brett, by his own admittance, I should say, didn't really watch film, especially towards the tail end of his career in Green Bay. That's where he and Mike McCarthy really butted heads. What's funny, because the the opposite was true here. He was always the last one in the film room in 2009 with the Vikings. Yeah, because he he had revenge on his mind, and so he was more motivated, and that's that's what you can chalk up to a better performance when he left Green Bay. Is this, uh, in some ways, guys... Like a comic book, with with uh, the adversaries now teaming together to come down on the big bad team. It feels like there there used to be all this friction between Brett and Aaron, right? And Brett didn't want to teach him, and now and now that Aaron is seeing what Brett went through, we're getting this uh, the uh, combination, the combining of these two yeah. superstar quarterbacks. Against the Packers. It is it is funny how it's coming together and like this is probably the first time in Aaron Rodgers' life that he can like really identify on some level with Brett Favre. They have two things in common. Really, and that's it, because they are opposite personalities, they are opposite humans, just opposite everything. The two things they have in common are they've been Packers quarterbacks and the Packers drafted their replacement in the first round when they still had toothpaste left in the tube. But I just want to clarify one thing. I actually don't have as big of a problem. With drafting the next quarterback, because if it was Tua, let's say Tua had fallen to the 20s, and the Packers were oh, like, oh my God. That, like, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's Tua, we just have no choice. This guy's a potential franchise changing quarterback. It's the fact that they reached for a guy that has a ton of red flags and question marks, while your current quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, probably still has like three plus years 
of good football left. And I have to amend something I said yesterday. I got a little excited and said that 2021 is the year that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Vikings. I, I was wrong. It has to be at least 2022 for a couple reasons. They can't really trade him until next summer. It's feasibly After like... After June 1st. It's still a cap hit yeah. that they probably don't want to swallow in 14 months from now, but like it's more feasible to trade him from a cap perspective after this season. And there's no way that the first trade is with the Vikings. So, oh, no, no, no. So like he has to play somewhere else and in then, 2021, and then just like Favre did. Right. Void his contract out by retiring. Right. And then come back. Here, Here's my new theory, though. I don't think he ends up with the Vikings in 2022, guys. It's the Bears. I think he ends up with the Bears because he's not going to do. He's not going to want to do exactly what Brett did. And, and to be honest with you, reckless speculation. And Rami, I, I don't you, know if you agree. I love you so much with this or not. But here's why I think it's the Bears. Favre knew that the Packers didn't like the Vikings, and vice versa on that. And Favre knew that Childress ran an offense that he knew well, right? But if you really want to stick it to the Packers, in my opinion, they hate the Bears. And I think their fans hate the Bears. And I would I would argue that the Viking-Packer rivalry, rivalry in some ways is a lot of fun, where I've seen nothing but hate between Rami's Bears and the Packers. I think the Bears would be even more vengeance. But... Another hurdle would be that the Bears aren't the first trade either, right? There's no way no. the Packers' first trade no, would be Chicago. No, he's going to the Minnesota. AFC, and then he's going to retire and void out his contract. So Brett Favre, has, the conversation they had over the weekend was probably, okay, what's the playbook? Yes. I want to play for the Bears or the Vikings, because yep. that would be so much fun to stick it to the Packers in one of those uniforms. Yep. What do I have to do? And Brett's going to tell him, well, you got to go play in the AFC first, okay? And then you got to fake... You got to fake a biceps injury, get throw twenty interceptions, make it look like you're washed, retire because everyone thinks you're washed, and then a few months later, after training camp, then you go sign with the Bears or the Vikings, right? I mean that's that's the Brett Favre playbook. So if that happened, Rami, if Brett, if if Aaron Rodgers became the starting quarterback of your Chicago Bears oh in two my years, God. oh man. I would just be in heaven, guys. It would be great. It would be outstanding. Can we make? Can we, can we fast forward to then? Can we get like at, that? Would also get us out of the coronavirus pandemic. But can we just fast forward to Aaron Rodgers in, in a blue and orange number twelve in two years from now? Can we please? That would be so good. He would instantly be the guys, greatest quarterback in Bears history. You guys, it makes yes. so much sense too. Because Nick Foles, look, okay, Nick had some great runs in Philly, but you know what? When Nick Foles has been presented with the opportunity to start outside. Of Philadelphia, he's been okay at best. This makes so much sense that Aaron Rodgers forces his way to the Bears for 2022 and starts for a couple of years for him, and possibly wins the Super Bowl. Reckless speculation. Just for good measure, here's here's Brett Favre again on his conversation with Aaron Rodgers over the weekend. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to uh, talk about all that we talked about, but he. Uh, he was, let's just say, surprised that uh, that they went in that direction. Which AFC team does he play for before he goes to the Bears or the Vikings? Mm. Where's the one-year stop on the Brett Favre playbook? Is it the Patriots? The Patriots wouldn't get duped. The, no, the Patriots would hang on to his rights. Yeah, no. 
Patriots aren't going to give up the draft capital it's going to take to get an Aaron Rodgers. Did you guys um, see Sage's tweet? No, what did he tweet? I did. He said uh, John Gruden might like a little Aaron Rodgers in Vegas. <laughs> love to and Aaron they would Rodgers. always I give up the draft capital. I hope you took your own soundbite there, Jonathan. Nothing. John Gruden might like a little Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> that was a good soundbite. It makes sense. I just, I, I think that he's going to, I think Phil's right. I think he probably called Favre to get the Favre playbook. Does anybody do breakups like the Packers? They're bad at them. Like I they, know, but they, they're glorious because they're so bitter. They just, like, instead of kind of, like, they don't know how to ghost they don't. There's yeah. there's different ways where you can break. Now, if you're married like that long, okay, I get that. There's no like easy way to say goodbye to Brett Favre or to Aaron Rodgers, but is just drafting a quarterback in the first round and high fiving on national TV through your Zoom conference call. Like, is that the way to do it? By the way, this is Mike Sando from ESPN on Purple Daily earlier today. You know, there's more to the story. I think with the relationship between Rodgers, the coach, oh, the, the GM, athletic. where it all stands. But um, I wouldn't be. I'd almost be more surprised. In Green Bay, two years from now, than uh, if he were gone, I could see him asking for a trade next year. Mm-hmm. I could see something coming together like that, and something will depend how this year goes. But I think it's the beginning um, of the end. Okay, here are the teams that don't make sense because there's <laughs> got to be an AFC stop before he comes to the Vikings or goes to the Bears. Patriots. I think the Patriots are just in the market for like if they're going to get a stopgap quarterback, it's going to be this year with a Cam Newton, and then I th- I think they're probably looking for a long term solution. But I would I wouldn't rule them entirely out, but I don't think they're the likely choice. Okay, Buffalo Bills are still going to be in the uh, in the Josh Allen business for the next couple of years, so it's probably not going to be them. Also, like Aaron Rodgers, he might not get a full say in where he gets traded, but he's not like mm. B- Buffalo's tough. I-, I have a hard time seeing him in Buffalo. The Dolphins just drafted Tua, so they're out. I think the Jets are probably in the Sam Darnold business for the next couple years. I have two years. spots, guys. All right. I have two spots. One mm-hmm. is Cleveland, once they're done with Baker Mayfield. Because that line, the timeline of that, they're going to give up on Baker Mayfield after one, maybe two more years. One more year. Which he's, I think is when... He's a fake. And then the Los Angeles Chargers. Aaron Rodgers would love to go back home to Cali. He would love it. He would welcome that move if you traded yeah. him to the Los Angeles Chargers. I could I, see that. I think that's the AFC team. Who's Denver's quarterback right now? Um, Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke. And they like him. That, yeah, that could like, be a place. On Drew that Locke. could fizzle. And John Elway could and be you know the one else? that puts his arm around Rodgers. I, I, I talked about this on Purple Daily with Matthew. Pittsburgh post Big Ben. Mm. Big Ben might be done here pretty soon. Big, I could see Big Ben the playing West for the Coast, Vikings, though. by the way. <laughs> Doing a, pulling a Brett Favre, because he's been faking retirement for like eight years, yeah, too. Big Ben lumbering around might not be pretty. What about uh, Indianapolis after Philip Rivers? Mm. Philip Rivers goes oh. for a year, and in comes Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. They just go all 90s Vikings on it and just go with the old aging quarterback. So many choices from the AFC. Reckless speculation. So amazing. I just think the Bears make so much sense. It do. It it has a honestly like Vikings fans should be laughing at that too, right? Like if he goes to the Bears, I think Vikings fans have much less disdain for the Bears than the Packers, and so really anything that sort of clowns on the Packers would still be funny. I would rather see Aaron Rodgers in a Vikings uniform, but it would still be hilarious to watch this whole Brett Favre thing play out ten years later. In a Bears uniform. Bears, yeah, it would yeah. be good. So uh, the news that came down, by the way, if you're just just to sneak this in before we get to a scoop session with Doogie and write that down in 40 minutes from now. Write that down 
features one of the worst performances in the history of the accountability session. I had sure a good, it's, a, me. it's bad. I had a good week, so my draft predictions were pretty spot on. Saying like we've got we've got an all timer here. It's 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 definitely on the Mount Rushmore of poor performances in write that down. Well, wait, 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 wait. You can't say that any longer on this show. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Maggie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. I think my performance at the end of last season is probably number one because I went like 0 for 18 or something. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. I remember last week I made three three Bears predictions in the same week about them. All three were related to them climbing their way into the playoff picture, yeah. and those all came off the board along with a couple other that was, ones. That was, that was that's also week. in the mix there, too. That was a tough week. But the Twins today announced a slew of policies on their uh, tickets sold. So, like, anyone who bought tickets for April games, this applies to the 16 April home games and beyond. Single-game tickets are eligible for a refund at twinsbaseball.com slash refund, or you can choose to keep that amount with the Twins and use it as a credit toward a future ticket purchase. So they did give that option. Because me and my brother and some family, we bought a bunch of tickets to go to a game at Wrigley over Easter weekend, and they sent him an email because he was the one who bought the tickets, and they didn't even put that option in there. They just said, we'll be refunding money for all the tickets yeah. that were for games scheduled in April and May. They didn't even give him the option of, we'll hang on to the money, and if you want to put it towards a future game, you're welcome to do so. Yeah, you can either get money back or you can just keep it in your account and and put it toward hmm. a future game. If you bought on the secondary market, the club recommends you contact the reseller for ticket information. So if you bought on StubHub or Ticket King, good or luck to you. In other words, so that could be kind of tough. Rami, you've had 24 hours now to sleep on the latest iteration of how baseball can come back. The three divisions you only play in your division, so the Twins would be in the Central with 10 teams. You play home games inside empty stadiums. Are you still looking to uh, to find Rob Manfred and do something bad to him? I mean, I want to fight him. I want him in the octagon on Fight Island, but it's it's it doesn't have anything to do with this plan. A- actually, we talked about this yesterday, and I said I didn't like it. The more I think about it, the more I kind of do like the plan, even though I still don't like Rob Manfred, and I don't think this is a real plan. I think this is the okie doke. I think this is the old banana in the tailpipe that Rob Manfred is trying to to pull on us. First, he announces the Red Sox flick on the wrist punishment the day before the NFL draft, and then he floats this balloon of this late his plan to bring back baseball the day after all the smoke clears of the NFL draft, just in case anybody was going to go back and, and talk about what happened with the Red Sox. Rob Manford was not lucky enough, though, for us to do that. Go back and listen to the uh, 1 o'clock hour of Score North Live, where I absolutely ethered the man and pointed out why he cannot be trusted and and just should not be the commissioner of baseball, and I want him in the octagon on Fight Island. But the plan, I kind of like it, especially from a just a purely selfish standpoint. Being in the same division as the Brewers and Cubs, and with the prospect, hopefully, fingers crossed, of us maybe being able to go into Target Field at some point in 2020 and watch live baseball and see the Brewers and Cubs come to Target Field, which are the two teams that I follow and, and root for outside of the Minnesota Twins. From a purely selfish standpoint, that that part of the realignment and the schedule is kind of intriguing and enticing to me. I just like something different, period. I just like that there's an opportunity for baseball to do something that shakes things up. And then, like, so this, the NFL is actually a good example during their, their Zoom draft. And I don't know what percentage of, of that production and those ideas they're going to keep. But when you do something so drastically different like that, you then get to assess, okay, well, like, we were forced into doing something way different. What can we keep going forward? 
And so if baseball is just forced into doing something entirely different, whether it's division alignment or uh, a number of games on the schedule, like anything that they could implement here, then going forward into 2021, they will have the ability to say, you know what? All right, we got a little outside our comfort zone there for the first time in 150 years. Got a little crazy. You just want the DH now in both we can leagues, keep. Mackie, but that, gonna, that's the I, least crazy thing that they should do. They should do, do it, and that's and the least of their crazy things. Rami's going to be do. very upset about this. But if, if if out of this we came out with like with Rami on this, better division alignments or something like, how about the double oh, switch? Though? Come on, oh, God. Let's talk about the double switch. Yeah, you got to take the left fielder, oh. bring him out. Oh, take God. the first baseman, put him in left field, bring in a new first baseman. The pitcher now goes to the number two spot in. The order it is as sexy as it gets in baseball. Are you guys as bothered as I am? We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. I don't need to go on another rant again. I did that and I did it thoroughly at one o'clock on Score North Live. <laughs> go back and listen, Score North app or scorenorth.com. Is nobody else bothered? Because Derek and Declan did not seem nearly it. They agreed with basically everything I was saying, but didn't understand my frustration, my anger, my ire, my wanting Rob Manford in the octagon on Fight Island over the whole Red Sox thing and him just thinking we're idiots and that he can he can lie to us and try and sweep this thing under the rug with such obvious obvious tactics of you know, trying to sweep it under the honestly, rug. Honestly, I am so worn down by coronavirus and by the lack of baseball as we enter the month of May this weekend. I'm just like... I definitely want Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman to get plunked every time they come up to the plate, but like I just I find myself not really caring about the Red Sox aspect of this. This is I just the, don't the investigation and the punishment to the Red Sox is worse than what happened with the Astros. At least we got a good chunk of the truth with the Astros. They didn't serve any penalties. Yes, but at least we know that Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa and the rest of them deserve our anger. They deserve our ire. Whenever we are allowed to go into baseball parks again to boo them and heckle them and make them feel bad about themselves as human beings. We don't even know what happened in Boston because he he swept all of it under the rug and tried to pin the whole thing on on a on a video operator. That, he literally tried to put the okay. whole thing on a video operator when the architect of the Astros cheating scandal was their manager. And they he said expe- he knew nothing about this one. He expects me to believe that hey, he had nothing to do about it and had nothing to do with it. What is it in Boston about pinning things on guys whose names we don't know? Like the deflator with the Patriots, right? <laughs> and now to Rami's point, he, he's exactly right. It's a video guy who like played in, in their minor league system till 2011. What is it with putting the pinch on people in Boston and you're like, what? Also, you know, that's that's the you build an organization and you build a franchise that wins the World Series, like you're good enough to be the best team in baseball and so you don't just stumble your way into that. And baseball's not like like oh, you wake up and you just get lucky for like 6 months and like you clearly have you cl- you have a know-how organization and somehow like a rogue intern guy, well, like a video assistant, just like created We've, this amazing system. We found the bad guy. Okay, who who is it? This is awesome. Yeah. The bad guy is Joe Smith. Yeah, from <laughs> Wooster. And as much ah. as much as the cheating bothers me, as much as the obvious cover up by the commissioner of baseball bothers me, it bothers me that much more that he doesn't even try. When he's lying to us and he's covering things up, he insults our intelligence <laughs> and treats us like we're toddlers with the level of lying and and cover up that that he attempts. Like we're just going to buy this. Like and you know what? 
He's kind of right, because your reaction, Mackie, uh, Derek's reaction, Declan's reaction, is what corrupt people in power count on, and that's us throwing our hands up in the air and giving up and just saying, well, I guess things are going to be corrupt. Oh, well, that's what they count on. That's exactly what Rob Manfred was counting on, and you all are giving it to him. Yeah, I don't think he's corrupt. I just think he's... Oh, he's so corrupt. I think he's an idiot. No, he's corrupt. He's, he's, he's leading a cover-up. He's leading a cover-up, Mackie. He knew what was going on in Houston. Well, play the since conspiracy music, man. It's not even a conspiracy, man. This is obvious at this point. You can play the music if you want. He knew what the Astros were doing in 2017. He didn't want that black eye on baseball. So he didn't do a damn thing about it until the Athletic did his job for him. And then he handed down a weak-ass punishment to the Astros and revealed a weak-ass investigation that he hid things in. The Wall Street Journal relieved that with the code breaker and the dark arts thing that they revealed that Major League Baseball knew about and just left out of the report that they gave to us. And then an even weaker-ass investigation, even weaker-ass punishment for the Boston Red Sox to just sweep this thing under the rug. So He is corrupt, and he's leading a cover-up in, of cheating in the sport that he's supposed to be leading. This seems like... A very similar. It's it's a it's a different entry point, but it's very similar to the Pandora's box that existed in the early two thousands, where you you start to pull open the box and oh my god, like Barry Bonds is on steroids. Holy crap, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa on. You know what? I'm good on. I'm just gonna shut the box. I I don't want to know how many people are on steroids. Like that's kind of what baseball. Jeff Bagwell, you look fine 2000s. to me. Yeah, like I have nothing to see here. <laughs> But again, uh, how far back does this go? I don't want to know. Corrupt that's people, what that's what baseball is doing with the, corrupt the, people in power. Count on the fact that if I'm corrupt often enough, it'll just become the norm and people will throw their hands up in the air, give up and accept it. And that's what's happening. So, Rob Manfred, kudos to you, I guess. Kudos to you for being a corrupt, incompetent, egomaniacal clown. I agree with those last few words for sure. I agree. I'm just so beaten down by this. I'm glad you have the, the energy to the say coronavirus what I don't have the took you. I love baseball too will. much. I love baseball too much to just throw my hands up in the air and give up, man. Yeah. I do. I get emotional when I talk about this. I literally, when we took the break in the one o'clock hour of Score North Live today, I needed that break. Like my pulse was off the charts. I was shaking. I was physically shaking. I needed that. That's how riled up I get about this. That's how much I love baseball and will not just throw my hands up in the air and accept it. By the way, I won't rest till Rob Manfred is either in the octagon with me or out of the commissioner's <laughs> office. Are you going to be shirtless in the octagon? Possibly. Okay. No one needs to just see. Just as long as you, as long as you don't have a hot dog with you, I'll be a fine. Singlet? With Can I wear being... a, like a wrestling singlet? Just don't have food there, Ross. Uh, Ross Brendel will will join the show in an hour to defend his shirtless patio dinners that he's been tweeting about. When we come back, we'll get the lowdown on. What was going on with the Vikings drafting a record number of 15 picks? What could be next for the Vikings? And other inside information about our local sports teams here with Doogie. And then write that down in an accountability session in 30 minutes on Maggie and Judd with Rami. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for a moment. Federated is a partner of our show, Mackie and Judd with Rami. And also, Federated is here to help business owners during this difficult time. Uh, there are all kinds of different materials you can tap into at federatedinsurance.com. You can also call your uh, local federated marketing representative to access trusted resources. And resources could be anything from communications to employees during difficult times, recommended response plans, written pandemic policies and procedures, 
things that could be changing by the month, by the week, by the day. We don't know when things are going to go back to quote-unquote normal. They may never go back to quote-unquote normal, which is all the more reason to tap into some of these resources. Federated is here for you local business owners. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And you have a friend when you need it in Federated Mutual Insurance Company, where it's our business to protect yours. Quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's obviously crazy times right now, but one thing you still can do is get out and ride, and the weather seems to be telling us it's time to get you and your motorcycle ready for this year's riding season. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, cruiser, sport bike, dirt bike, or any other type of motorcycle, they have what you need. And now through May 28th, Dennis Kirk is offering 0% interest for up to 12 months. Over 160,000 parts in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. We know you are spending more time at home during the coronavirus pandemic, and we're here for you at Score North in multiple ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet, scorenorth.com, or Score North on AM 1500, or just by saying, Alexa, open Score North. Boys, I know one of the comments or one of the things we've always asked Doogie in these, ses- in these uh, scoop segments is the Trent Williams news and what the latest is on that. Now that he's been traded... Uh, that news is answered. Well, Ron Rivera was on Washington radio today and revealed something about a possible trade for Trent Williams that might blow your mind if you don't know, if you didn't hear this. So here's Ron Rivera earlier today in Washington. Well, I know this much. There was an opportunity from what I was told that, that last year during, during the, just before the, the trade deadline, um, he was worth the first round pick. But for whatever reason, the deal was never done. And, but because he didn't play for the year, somehow that number changed. Um, but again, he's, he, you know, he's still that kind of player. You know, he, he's, 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 he still has that skill set. And, and he's a guy that's going to go, you know, go to San Francisco and, 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 and should play well for them. So instead of going for a fifth and a third, they could have had a first round pick. For Is the that, guy. That's a previous regime, right? I mean, yeah. they, they so clean house. just basically house. throwing them under the bus, but still. Okay. Nice the work. fact that they could have nice had a job. first round pick for Trent Williams. Okay, my here's my question. We'll get Doogie in here. Thanks on the <laughs> download there, Jonathan. But if you've got a guy who's, you know, Trent Williams, the relationship has fallen out, there's been some injury issues and some health issues. What, what I don't understand is if there was a first-round pick at the table at any point, why is why is the negotiation even continuing beyond that? Like, oh, okay, cool. We, we got a first-round pick for a guy who's 30 at the time. Nice. So, Doogie, what's what's your intel as you look back? The Vikings elected to, uh, to go with Ezra Cleveland to help fill the void at tackle long-term or guard. We'll see what happens with, with the offensive line shuffling. But what's your intel on this back-and-forth about Trent Williams reportedly did not want to play for the Vikings – do we know what the Vikings were offering? Do we know if the Trent Williams not wanting to play here is accurate? What What do you know, Dugues? Hello, gentlemen. Happy Hump Day. Here's what I believe from from digging enough. Ian Rappaport is spot on. Now, Vince Taylor, the agent for Trent Williams, can put out any statement he wants, but my firm belief is Trent Williams, for whatever reason, I don't have the particulars. You know, I think it's probably multiple reasons, and I think he got exactly what he wanted. You know, he's reunited with Kyle Shanahan. He's with a team that's Super Bowl ready, certainly a team that 
at least on paper, looks considerably better than the Vikings. So he has a much better chance to win with the Niners compared to the Vikings. But, yeah, my understanding is he did not want to be here. Again, I don't know exactly why. Would the Vikings have done a future third? I mean, don't forget, they have an extra third next year because of Trey Waynes. That's a compensatory pick. They'll have multiple thirds next year. Rick Spielman happily would have given up a third in 2021 and a fifth this year to get that deal done. So he didn't want to be here. Fifteen picks, Dukes. Fifteen picks. It's uh, the Spielman dream draft. Uh, but should we be passing judgment and calling it a good draft because they had 15 picks, or do you think that there's a legit um, case here to look at how the board sort of fell to them, especially in the first couple days, and be happier about that as opposed to just a, a pure statistic of amount of picks? I think it was a good draft, Judd. I mean, I think quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there were there were opportunities that, that maybe Rick should have been a little bit more greedy, a little bit more aggressive, moving up from 89, moving up from 58. And my understanding is if he had moved up from 58, he would have taken Ezra Cleveland. I mean, that's how highly they thought of Cleveland. So he still got his guy at 58. If he had moved up from 89, the belief is the target would have been a defensive tackle. Now, Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle from Missouri, just went one pick prior. So maybe it was the Oklahoma defensive tackle. You know, but he wasn't greedy enough, so he couldn't get up from 89. But I've heard a lot of good things about Cam Dantzler as well, who he got at 89. You know, every GM says it, but I really don't think they thought that Justin Jefferson would get to 22. You know, but it worked out well. Like, I know they had a healthy grade on Chason from LSU, Terrell from Clemson. I think they would have taken C.D. Lamb if he had been there. You know, they certainly had a lot of interest in Tristan Wirfs. Peter King of NBC was embedded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had the story the other day that the Vikings called Tampa about moving up. I'm told they also had some dialogue with San Francisco about moving up. But I don't think those talks went very far because Tampa had no interest in moving back eight spots. San Francisco didn't have interest in moving back nine spots. But, yeah, to get Jefferson at 22, to get the guy they would have taken at 25, Gladney at 31, so to pick up some additional draft ammo there, moving from 25 to 31, I think it worked out well. I've heard a lot of good things about Lynch, the kid that got a pick 130 from Baylor, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, the all-time sacks leader in Baylor history. I think he absolutely makes the team. Heck, I think on third downs and nickel situations, he'll rush from the inside. I think he'll earn legitimate snaps, assuming we have a season. So I really like that pick. I've heard a lot of good things about the Oregon linebacker. They took a pick 132. The kid died who led the Ducks, a Pac-12 team, in tackles four consecutive years. I think it was a good draft, but I'm just saying I think there were some opportunities missed. Speaking of teams trying to trade up, there was a report out there that the Packers, before getting the number 26 spot to get their heir apparent at quarterback in Jordan Love, tried to get up to the Vikings' number 22 spot. Did you hear anything along those lines, Doogie, and what was on the table from the Packers to get up to that spot? Oftentimes, Rami, so these, these GMs are calling, and it doesn't get to the point of a firm offer. So it's one of those deals where at that point, Justin Jefferson falls into their lap. You know, why Philadelphia took the TCU receiver, I guess, is, is an interesting question. You know, maybe they just wanted that speed. Although Jefferson's 40 time at the combine was seventh best among 45 wide receivers. So he's got some speed to his game. But once Jefferson was there, my sense is the Vikings were not entertaining moving down. You know, I'm sure the phone rang. I'm sure they answered. And I'm sure it was one of those deals where, where the Packers call and Rick just said, not interested, don't want to move down four spots. You know, and that was the extent of those conversations. It's uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson with us here every single week with his Scoop session. You can find the Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, and you can find Doogie as part of the Five Eyewitness News sports team. So going forward now, 
What now for the Vikings? Because they've got 15 rookies and they can't hold rookie minicamp. They can't hold OTAs. You know, how does this offseason set up? I would think that it's going to be very difficult to get as much out of these rookies as you ordinarily would in a, in a normal offseason. I just, I just don't see how they can all be as up to speed as in a normal season, Dukes. Phil, I completely agree. And it's not only 15. I mean, they guaranteed over $100,000 to the Texas A&M wide receiver, the Central Florida cornerback. You know, so they think highly of those two undrafted free agents that mm-hmm. they signed. You know, so you can look at it as, as more than 15. If you don't want to look at it as, as 27 or whatever the number is, I think it was 12 undrafted free agents they signed. So if you don't want to look at it as 27, that's fair. But I would look at it as more than, than 15 that they think pretty highly of. But I'm with you. That's why... I still think there's a decent chance they end up adding a veteran or two. You know, whether it's a cornerback like Dre Kirkpatrick, he's got the same representation as Jeff Gladney. I know the Vikings have kicked the tires on him. As far as I can tell, there's there's no real movement on that front, but I wonder if there could be in the near future. You know, there's there's some chatter about maybe the Vikings looking at a at a veteran offensive lineman, although I checked today on, on the former Seahawk Britt, who can play guard, played center last year, good offensive lineman for Seattle. Seattle just needed the money, so they let him go, but the Vikings have not called on him. I checked on D.J. Fluker, who Seattle let go, was a good player for them last year at guard. He signed with Baltimore earlier this week. The Vikings were not in on Fluker. I've had people ask me about Schofield, who has a history with Gary Kubiak, had a good year last year for the Chargers, but I was told by somebody close to Schofield, he's got better options, but I do think his name has come up internally with the Vikings. There's Osemele who's had a, a pretty good history, but I was told he needs a physical. Hmm. Like, the Jets messed up his shoulder pretty good, so it doesn't look like he'll reach any sort of agreement at this point. I think, you know, when, whenever you know, things get back to some sense of, of normalcy, hopefully we do have training camps, maybe at some point in, in July or August. I think at that point, if he can go travel somewhere and have a team, you know, put him through a physical, I think at that point, Osemele is an option for someone, so maybe at that point he'd be an option here. Then you think about maybe even just a veteran on, on the defensive line. I mean, they've got all these young guys. You know, is there still a chance on Everson? You know, I still will say never say never as long as he is out there. Now, I wonder about Seattle, right? Like, does Clowney end up back in Seattle? I saw that they gave up his number 90. You know, does he end up in Tennessee? But if he does, does Seattle then sign Everson Griffin? I know Seattle has kicked the tires on Griffin. But there's still enough free agents out there, Phil, where I think they end up adding at least one, if not multiple, free agents. Mm-hmm. Dukes, did, in, in your mind, Tyler Johnson uh, drop too far by going in the fifth round, and, and did Tampa Bay get an absolute steal? I know there's questions about speed, but that kid seems to me to have a lot of attributes that could make him a pretty good pro receiver. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit my bias just, you know, doing stuff with Tyler going back to his days at Minneapolis North High School. But, yeah, I mean, to get him on day three in the fifth round, yeah, I mean, I think Tampa did get a steal. I saw Bruce Arians come out and say he was at the Outback Bowl, and, and he turned to his GM soon thereafter and said, okay, I need that guy. 12 catches, 200 yards, multiple touchdowns against that Auburn defense that had, what, four guys drafted? I mean, Tyler just torched the Tigers on New Year's Day, and that's when, when Arians and others with the, with the Bucks said, yeah, we should, we should lock in on that guy. The Bucks were the one team to fly into town. So right after the combine, the Bucks had multiple front office officials fly up here to put Tyler through a private workout, well, presumably he, he passed that private workout with flying colors. It's unfortunate that the Vikings passed on him. You know, the Vikings, where did he end up going, Judge? Pick 161? The yeah, Vikings that ended right. up moving, what, pick 159 or 158 or 157 to Chicago for a future fourth, which I think is a good trade, a 2021 fourth-round pick from the Bears. My understanding is, you know, I don't think 
you know, Gophers and, and Vikings fans really want to hear this, but my understanding is I just don't think for whatever reason or reasons the Vikings had a healthy opinion of Tyler. And especially after they took Justin Jefferson, who can play in the slot, I think Tyler can really perform in the slot. I think just the Vikings looked at it and said, we just don't see the fit. So I know a lot of Vikings fans were upset by that, that the Vikings passed on Tyler, but I don't think he was real high up on their board. You talked about some of the uh, free agents that, that might be out there and said the Vikings might bring in one or two veterans to bolster this roster. What about at the right guard position? Do they have guys on the depth chart right now who they think can can compete and whoever comes out of that competition for the right guard spot can can perform at, at an acceptable level blocking for Kirk Cousins? Rami, they think highly of Drew Samia, their fourth-round pick from a year ago, the kid out of Oklahoma. They really liked what he put on tape week 17. Remember week 17, that throwaway game. So he played you know, a ton of snaps against the Bears in that meaningless game when the Vikings were locked into the sixth seed. They really, really like Samia. So I would make him the betting favor to be one of the starting guards. Hmm. Uh, just circling back on Gophers-related things, so P.J. Fleck with five drafted players, including – a couple highly touted uh, players that were talked about. Antoine Winfield Jr. just gained so much national steam over the past couple months. And it sounds like he also has a really good recruiting class shaping up right now. Can you can you shine some light for us and the listeners who aren't following recruiting super close? It just seems like there's a lot of momentum right now with Gopher football and P.J. Fleck. There is. It really is amazing that he's able to get these guys without them even setting foot on campus. I talked to Stephen Ortiz Jr., a defensive back from from Arizona. I mean, his, his offer list was, was uber impressive, Penn State and others. I mean, he had his choice of, of 20-something schools. He commits to the Gophers a couple weeks ago without ever visiting. He just took one of those virtual visits. You know, so that was a big-time recruiting win. They steal a kid from, from Omaha, Nebraska, that the Cornhuskers so badly wanted. Another defensive back who had all sorts of options. Another kid you know, that just, you know, visited virtually. So, yeah, there is all sorts of momentum with the 2021 recruiting class. Then you mentioned, Phil, the, the five players drafted. What about Rodney Smith getting forty five grand from the Carolina Panthers? I talked to Sam Renner today, former defensive tackle for the Gophers, Maple Grove High School. You know, he signed his deal with the, with the Rams today. There were a few teams in the mix on him, including the Lions. You know, so he had some options. So you look at five guys drafted plus two guys signing decent undrafted free agent contracts. That's really, really impressive. And I'll continue to say, I've been saying this for years, Phil, the best recruiting job that P.J. Fleck has done in his multiple years here was convincing Antoine Winfield Jr. to not transfer. Amen. I wish I could show you the text messages I have in my phone from Antoine Winfield Sr. going back to, to 2016. I guess it would have been right before the Holiday Bowl. If I could just show the listeners those text messages, Winfield Sr. was guaranteeing that Jr. was leaving, that it was a done deal. There was no chance wow. that Winfield Jr. would return. So for P.J. to convince Antoine Winfield Jr. to stay a golfer, hey. he won't. I'm telling you, that is the best recruiting job he's done so far. So how much How much of that recruiting job, Like, what's the relationship between P.J. Fleck and Antoine Winfield Sr. then? It's good now. Yeah, no, he did a lot to, to massage that relationship. It's fine. Yeah, it absolutely is fine. I mean, I think there was an adjustment period. I mean, not only Winfield, but like a guy like Tyler Johnson, going back to Tyler. You know, I just, I think, you know, like, PJ, I get it. If, if you're Tyler, if you're those close to Tyler, you know, like, Rashad Bateman is PJ's guy, right? Highly touted recruit. You know, PJ brings him in from the get-go. You know, Tyler Johnson was a, was a Tracy Clay slash Jerry Kill recruit. 
So it took some time. It really did. It took some time for, for a lot of those guys. But P.J. really did a good job building up really strong relationships with all those guys. Bateman goes where? I, I think he might be a top 10 and certainly top 15 pick. Ooh. I love this kid, Doogie. Well, I, I love him, too. Yeah, I just it's another strong wide receiver draft, Judd. But he might be Jamar the Chase of LSU. He's one of the best. He's going to be a superstar. The kid Who's Ross from kid? Clemson is going to be a superstar. The kid from, from Alabama Smith is going to be, I think, a star. Hey, Doogie, Doogie, hot sports take right now. Right now, I'm not saying the best because, of obviously, Thielen and Jefferson are pros. But I think that Rashad Bateman is the most God-given, uh, talented wide receiver in this state right now. He is a freak of an athlete. He had Division One basketball opportunities Plays like out of high school. That's how good of a basketball player he is. So, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I just think that it's another loaded wide receiver draft, so that might push him down a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, if he ends up going in the 20s or the 30s, yeah, I think some teams will look back, you know, in five years and say, oh, shoot, why the heck did we pass on him at 14 or 17 or 19? I'm just telling you, though, like Jamar Chase, the kid from LSU, that's why I like Cam Dantzler. Go back and watch the Mississippi State LSU game from last year. Now, who knows? Maybe Chase just had an off day, you know, whatever. But he only had, like, one catch against Dantzler. So, like, if Dantzler can play anything like that, the way he played against a future first-round pick, a top-five, top-ten pick, the Vikings got themselves a starting cornerback at 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, any rapid-fire scoops to, to finish off your dudes? Anthony Harris not taking part in the virtual offseason. No surprise. He's not under contract. You know, there's, there's no rush to sign the, the franchise tag tender, so... Why take part? You're not under contract. It's not mandatory, oh, by the way. This is optional right now, so so no reason for Anthony Harris to take part. Dalvin Cook is taking part. Max Meyer, Gophers pitcher, it's trending toward him being a top-ten pick in the June baseball draft. All signs point to the draft still happening that first or second week of June. That Major League Baseball won't push back the 2020 amateur draft. So Max Meyer, Woodbury High School, Gophers pitcher, top-ten pick. He is signing with Rock Nation. So that will be the agency that represents Max Meyer, Rock Nation. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Scoop Podcast and from 5 Eyewitness News. Dugs, we'll catch up with you next week, man. See yeah, sounds good, Phil. Stay safe. All right. Uh, Judd trolling me there during that segment for the, for the oh, people I just watching on video put here. Up this sign that said, let's see here, P.J. Fleck, Notre Dame bound. Actually, there's no way. Considering Notre Dame is my secondary college football, I know team, you like I would them. actually be okay with this. There is, I mean, I'd rather him stay with the Gophers. You know what? For for He's two made for Notre Dame exactly for the, the 2020s, he is absolutely the perfect hire for them. Well, he is Brian Kelly. It's been a nice little run for Brian Kelly. Uh, he did have a bunch of wins Rob taken right, away from though. early in his career, but Brian Kelly has gone 12 yeah. and one and 11 and two the last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't nice. think he's like on the verge of getting canned. If Notre Dame has a bad season, though, and by bad I mean like if they lose three games or more, or if Fleck calls him, or Flex people call him, gosh, that's R- the, that, Rami. Just he's a thousand percent right. He's made for Notre Dame. Here's the tough part. Okay, he really is. Since we're doing this, let's just right. admit to it. All right, I'm going to be. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? I I am as Fleckian as anybody here. Okay, you know me. Like I dress up yeah, as PJ Fleck more so than All most right. of us. Yes. The Gophers athletic department is taking a financial bath in 2020. It is not good. They're probably going to. I don't. I, this is just my speculation. Like they're probably going to have to cut sports. Yeah, like they're and they're all. There's a bunch of pay cuts happening across the board. Yep. And this isn't just unique to the Gophers. I mean, this is 
across the board. There's probably going to be Division One college football programs that just get axed after this is over into later on this year, 2021. Notre right Dame now. is in a better position than almost any other college football program to just like navigate the waters of a bad economy for now. They've got boosters. They've got their own upon TV contracts. They have a lot more money in the hopper. Like they paid Charlie Weiss. I think, I think it was seven years they paid Charlie Weiss to go to away, just sit out. Yeah, to go away. They paid him like five or eight million dollars a year for seven Can years. Can you imagine to go away. a flex speech followed by going down that tunnel and slapping "Play Like a Champion" today? I actually can. That's, I want to go. Yeah, I want to go. That's play. what I'm saying. They love their isms. Yeah. in Notre Dame, man, and he's got plenty Robbie, of them. You are so right. The pandemic makes it tough for the Gophers yes. to compete financially with other schools. Like, it, what's P.J. Fleck making right now? Is it five? Well, he got the raise, and, and assuming that that raise still kicked in and that it's not going to be rolled back because of what we're going through. But to your point, Notre Dame can call him and probably basically say, what's it going to take? I just pulled up a list here, just for fun here. USA Today has a full list of what every college football coach makes. He did. He got the raise and was, was that right after the season, right? I think so. They gave him the new contract. These are sal- so I'm these are salaries from in. last year. Yeah, and it looks like yeah, Dabo Swinney makes nine points. So this is total pay, including your base and your max bonuses. Okay, so he gets nine point three million dollars. Nick Saban gets eight point eight million dollars. Harbaugh gets seven point five. Okay, the Purdue coach, Jeff Brom, is eighth on this list. Yeah, that was a, the hell's that, that guy? was a mistake of a hire. <laughs> what? Yeah. He, he was threatening to go back. I think he played quarterback at Louisville, and he was threatening to go back you there. Fact check this list. And they gave it's him a raise. USA Today. That don't sound no, right. It's right. It's right. He, sure. He got a big jump when he threatened to go uh, to Louisville after 2018, yeah. I think. Uh, PJ Fleck is at three point six million, which is thirty seventh among college football coaches, and I think that was before the contract yes, extension. So he got an extension. I think he's more in like the four four and a half range now, which puts him like between twenty and twenty five. But I'm just, but it's the finances, and it's also just the if you think about the school, and yeah, he's just perfect. I can't find, I can't find Brian Kelly here. Is that because Notre Dame is, is it a private school? Is it, would would his finances not be public? I don't know about that, but let's. Yeah, I don't know. But let's just say Notre Dame, and they have in the past, and they I mean, probably yes. are Brian Kelly. If they say, you know, what, we're going to pay PJ Fleck among the Dabo Swinneys yeah. and the Kirby Smart, like Kirby Smart makes twice as much money as PJ. I'm not does. wishing this. I'm just. I just think if you connect the dots, it makes a lot of sense for him to coach. But if 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 they play football According in 2020, to this report that I just found this from Bleacher Report. He makes about three million per year. That would place him in the neighborhood of footballs. Ten highest paid coaches. Wait, who does? Brian Kelly. Three million a year. What year is that from? Uh, let's see here. That seems low. Because okay, there's like 45 coaches that make three million now. That okay. might have been when that's, he first signed. Yeah, that's, that is. That's from 2012. Okay. Sorry about that. But he's probably he's probably one of the top paid coaches. He probably makes seven or eight million. I didn't mean to go down like this path with with this sign. It just occurred to me as Doogie was talking. Can to you us. guys imagine getting that Charlie Weiss deal? And just like going home somebody for just, seven somebody years. Somebody just pays you life changing. You never have to work again. Money to go away and not do anything. But then he came back and co- did he coach at Kansas. He coached at Kansas. Why? 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 And now he's doing serious. But you know what? That guy will will never have a problem buying top shelf pizza the rest of his life. No, I mean. He should still mix in a Heggie's once in a while. All right, don't get too haughty toddy with your frozen I thought you were going to say mix in a salad. <laughs> well, that, that ship has sailed for that guy. <laughs>
Is that it's too late, man? Too sharp. Too late. All right, write that down. And an accountability session that features one of the worst performances in the history of write that down. You may not be currently thinking about blood donation, but a blood or but blood is needed every day by patients facing a range of serious illnesses, even during the coronavirus pandemic. If you're healthy, please schedule an appointment to donate by visiting redcrossblood.org or just use the keyword red over at scorenorth.com. What happened to those buns? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Welcome in. Welcome in. That's right. It's the weekly comeuppance for the members of this show. This sounds really, really bad. Yeah, and I'm, scaring me. And I'm I've been doing this, this with you for a long time. Well, I will say I'm worried about one, my stellar batting average. One person. Yeah, Rami's Rami came in batting 464 on the season. Teddy ball game. Crushing it. If you want to watch this show play out and you want to see the visuals, you can watch us live right now on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. The segment takes place every Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And you can always find it on demand on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. And we'll dive into what is one of the worst performances in the history of the Write That Down segment here in just a, a brief moment when we go through our accountability session. But here's how this works. We make three predictions each every single week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners can participate by downloading the Score North app and uh, entering for your chance to play this week, we're going to get to Abdul, who we actually we actually uh, it was my fault. We didn't have a participant this week, so I threw the bat signal out, and Abdul jumped right on board, and so he'll be the guest listener participant, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But let's start with the accountability session. Let's start with Judd Zolgad here. All right, you uh, you had some mixed results. You had the Vikings making their first round Ooh, pick, but I'm not the worst. Their first. And I I mistyped this in the yep. in the economy. Their gotcha. first first round pick as a cornerback. Incorrect. Too specific. That was wrong. Too specific. You had the Vikings trading one of their first round picks to move back in the draft, but you recovered nicely, saying that the Vikings would end up with more than twelve picks in the draft. You blew that away. You had the Vikings drafting a cornerback in the first round of the draft, and you said that several weeks ago. And you had Tua going in the top five in the draft, which... Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Isn't the Vikings will trade one of their two first-round picks to move back in the draft accurate since they traded with San Francisco and moved back to... Third? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Yes. So I have one wrong. That is correct. That is correct. You have one wrong. Let me, In fact, let me change your batting average hey, here Rami. real quick, okay? Hey, Rami. He's trying to cheat. I'm coming. I'm right in your heels. You feeling that? <laughs> no, I'm good. Choo-choo. I want to check the official fine. prediction. You said the Vikings would trade one of their two first-round picks. They did. They moved back. And so we're going to give Judd the credit yeah, The first first-round pick on a cornerback is wrong. Okay. That's my fault. I, that's that's why I, you guys need to be my eyes and ears yeah. here because I'm not. Last week I called myself for uh, one that you missed where I was wrong. 
I'm not good at predicting, and I'm not good at apparently keeping track of everyone else's predictions. Okay, so uh, so Judd, you were not the one who had the worst, one of the worst all time performances in Red Dead Four or five, right? Proud of myself, John Harrison. All right, ooh, a lot of red here. Uh-oh. Okay, a lot of red here for John Harrison. Does not, this mean I'm not, not the worst. Me. This is bad. Not often you call him John. This doesn't sound good. Yeah, Don't Jonathan, John a lot. the reigning defending yeah. batting average champion. Yeah, I went d- through my own records. It wasn't good. You had the Vikings trading for Patriots guard Joe Thune before the end of the first round. Mm. You had the Vikings making at least four trades by Saturday night at midnight. You had the Vikings selecting Antoine Winfield Jr. in the draft with their second pick. And also uh, ESPN airing its Jordan documentary. This is from this is a prediction from the first two episodes. An uncensored one on ESPN and a censored one on ESPN, too. There will be a story by the end of the week that the FCC received complaints that swear words were on ESPN. I found nothing when I Googled F. I think people are happy that we get F-bomb dropped. By the way, how great is it? Oh, it's fantastic. I saw a few people complaining on Twitter. Did you? Yeah, a couple. I mean... mean I don't know why you would. Just go to the clean version. I'm so happy about it. They're both airing at the same time. And the use of the curse words is so good. It enhances I'm it. I'm not going to lie. Dude, it's Ron, great. Ron Harper's <laughs> gold. His, his quote gold. from this week where they told him Craig Elo will be covering Jordan on that infamous shot was just great. I'm just like, hilarious. What's that? I'm like. Mm. All right, let's go to the next page here. Oh, oh no. There's more for Jonathan. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh my God. So bad. I got to go Corey Hart put oh. my sunglasses on. Oh, wow. Oh, man. That's bright. Oh, that red is red bright. Red. Oh, I, I got Already my 0 for 4. Oh, wow. Already 0 for 4. You had Anthony Harris being traded before round one of the draft ends. You had the Vikings drafting at least two Gophers in this year's draft. You had the Vikings trading for Trent Williams before the season starts. If it happens somehow, we'll circle back, but like, it doesn't look like it's going to now. You had Joe Burrow publicly saying he doesn't want to play for the Bengals. And you had the Vikings drafting a quarterback in the first round of the draft, and it will be Tua Tagovailoa. Oof, that's an 0 for 9 in one of the single worst performances in Red Dead Great. Wow. Lovely. What am I at now? We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Jason Tyner. (laughs) No, I think Jason Tyner at least makes contact. Wow. (laughs) I got nothing. It was a bad week. You're like, move on. You're like Snow right before he got sent down three years ago or two years ago. Uh, Manny Hill, are you ready for your accountability oh. session? Oh, I'm sure I'm ready. Hit me. All right, here it is. We'll rip the bandaid off quickly. You had the Vikings <laughs> trading up in the NFL draft using both of their first round picks. You had the Washington football team drafting Tua. And you also had the Vikings drafting Tua. That was a home run swing. The Vikings drafting to it. That was a home run. The first it was like the first home run swing thing we did this, this year. And in fairness, like both of those teams totally should have drafted to a. So it's not your fault that those GMs are idiots. All right, all right, Rami Makloff. Oh, I was kidding not, about the Rick Spielman part. Oh my goodness! Yeah, at least he got one green. A lot of red here for Rami. You, yeah, you red. did have the Trent Williams will be traded, but not to the Vikings uh, before this week's. Write that down. That, that yeah. But you said the Vikings would trade the 22nd pick and move down in the draft. You had the Vikings trading. Specified the 22nd? Yeah. Idiot. Yes, you did. Idiot. 
I might have gotten, there might be, keep an eye on my math here, too. I might have spaced on another one. But uh, you had the Vikings trading into the top five of the draft. That was a home run prediction, forced home run. You had Gronk losing the 24-7 WWE belt before, write that down this week. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did. He's still a holder. Mm -hmm. You had Tua slipping to the Vikings at 22. And then the Vikings passing on Tua and Bill Belichick and the Patriots drafting him instead. And you said at least one pick in the first round of the NFL draft will be delayed because of technical difficulties at the GM's home. Uh Uh-uh. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was rough. It was rough for you, Ron. It was. That was a good week. Not as bad as Jonathan's, but not a good week. (laughs) I like how you make yourself feel better. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to... Myself here, right? A little bit of a mixed bag. I had the Vikings drafting Tyler Johnson this week, and they should have. 15 picks, you can't draft Tyler Johnson. I had the Vikings trading up in the first round at some point, drafting Tua, selecting two defensive players in the first round, and I told you that Randy and Cottage Grove would get at least one of the predictions after the first round correct. He did not. However... I told you guys that Randy and Cottage Grove will have called one of the Vikings' first two-round picks exactly right, and he did with Justin Jefferson. And I said the Vikings would draft a quarterback in 2020, and they barely did. It was an Iowa quarterback. And you don't even like it. You hate him. That saved you and write that down, and you don't like it. He's my guy now. i got to write that down point. So he's my guy. Uh, As far as listeners go, listener Chris had the Vikings... Trading pick 22 for a 2020 second-round pick, and then some other things in here that were wrong. And Woodbury Larry had the Vikings drafting a quarterback in the first round of the 2020 draft. And so with that, ignore Judd's average. His average is a little bit higher. Rami batting 400 now. You dipped 64 points. It's all right. Down to 400. It's all right. As long as I'm at 400 or above, I'm good. All right, Ted Williams. Uh, Judd Zolgad is actually batting 371 now after a good week. Uh, John Harrison and myself, Phil Mackey, both at 250. Jonathan dropped about 80 points in batting average. But he's still at 250? I've jumped that before. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought he'd be like 160. jumped up over 100 points. Yeah, yeah, because we're idiots. Manny Hill down to 125, and the listeners batting 095 on the season. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Everybody with one home run except for John Harrison, who has two home runs. On the season. All right. Uh, Abdul, you are the special guest listener predictor. Are you ready for this shining moment here? Yes, sir. I am. All right. So you know the rules. You got to make, we'll, we'll go one at a time here, but we'll start with you. Make a prediction and, and just make sure that it's quantifiable in some form and uh, try to have an end date on it that isn't like Judd has about 10 predictions on the board that just expire whenever Larry Brown dies. I'm going to so. continue that, by the way. I'm going back to that today. I can't help myself. Because I have a theme. <laughs> All right, so uh, Abdul, you write this down. Get to start us off. Go ahead, man. All right, I'll start off with uh, the NCAA. After uh, some pressure, will soften their stance and uh, allow uh, video games to be released by the end of next year. Okay, so like with player likenesses, or exactly Got player it. likenesses, like the old days. Okay. The G League is going to beat them to it, though. Are we going to pay the players like they so richly deserve? Write this down. They almost have to now. With, yeah, like so. The G League yeah. is stealing yep. the players. So, All right, Jonathan Harrison, avenge your 0 for 9 a week from last week. Aaron Rodgers, all mine this week are Aaron Rodgers related. 
Yes. Aaron Rodgers will request a trade from the Packers before the 2021 season. Interesting. All right. Even he knows that the cap, it's almost impossible for this year. Yeah. The, the cap yeah. ramifications yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Write this down. Write that down. All right. Manny Hill. The Minnesota Vikings in the upcoming NFL season, whenever the hell it's going to start, <laughs> will win at least 11 games. And that includes playoffs. Okay, fair enough. So they could they could they could go, go like if they go nine and, if they go nine and seven and make the playoffs and win two playoff games or, or nine and eight it would be next year right or ten and seven because this is yeah. seventeen game starts this year doesn't it? no I think it starts in a oh, couple two, of years 20, 20, 20. the additional playoff team you're starts right this that's, year. that's what it is. then the seventeen game starts in like two years write this down write it down you like writing things down right, let's go to Judd all right all mine like Jonathan's, are Packer-themed. And I will start off with an Aaron Rodgers. Write that down. Aaron Rodgers will finish his career with the Chicago Bears. Yes. I know it's going to... I know it's... I know we got to be patient. But Aaron Rodgers will finish his career. So he might get traded by the Packers to the AFC. I think he probably does get traded. But he will come back and be playing for Rami's Bears. That doesn't include some ceremonial he signs back with the Packers to retire as a Green Bay Packer, right? You're saying he'll play his last game exactly, much as like a Chicago, like Brett Favre okay. played his last game as a Why am uh, I helping Viking. You? I should have just left that loophole hanging because <laughs> you are so excited. Because you're so excited by the fact really this is, guy is going to play is for the Rami Bears. This is Rami starting to chip away at his own lead. Mm. Tank his own season. No, Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Rami, you're up to bat. Uh, by next Friday. Next Friday, and that includes that day of Friday, Major League Baseball will announce their plans for a 2020 season. Not float a report to Bob Nightingale. They will, they will officially announce plans for the 2020 season. Okay. Did will Jeff Bob Nightingale break it? Jeff Passan, <laughs> Bob Nightingale. That corrupt, incompetent, egomaniacal clown, Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball will announce their plans for a 2020 season. I love that. Does he have that on his business card? He Corrupt, should. egomaniacal Next clown fr- commissioner. Next week is very optimistic, though. I like the optimism. I do, too. It sounds like we're kind of building momentum, though. Like, well, I mean, they put out all these plans. If and- they're going to play by June, by by next Friday, we're going to be a week into May, Judd. Yeah. They're going to have to announce it. They're going to have to give players three to four weeks to, to, to prepare and get in game shape. So I'm just doing the math here and thinking that if, if they do have intentions to start in June, mm-hmm. they need to announce it early to mid-May. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my write that down money where my mouth is. I, I told you on Monday that I think the Vikings are now better than the Packers based on the drafts and based on the Packers punting on the first round for 2020. The Vikings will finish with a better regular season record than the Green Bay Packers in 2020. Right. Write that down. Write this down. Back to Abdul, your second prediction. My second prediction, uh, I'm going to join in on the party with the Packers. I'm scared someone steals. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Rogers is gonna outlast Matt Lafleur. Ooh, I, uh, yeah. Wow, dude, I, I love yeah. this prediction. Yeah, I don't the think power GM, struggle. Yeah, I don't think the GM is gonna go with. I know he's rookie of the year. You know, looks good one year. I think Rogers will uh, outlast him in the end. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's a home run if that happens, by the way. But I like it. I like the list. The listeners get up here and they just swing for the fences. That's going to be a quick firing then, too. Like, that's going to have to take place really quickly. All right. Jonathan Harrison, back to you, man. 
Mine's a little bit opposite of that. Aaron Rodgers will not be the Packers quarterback in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, they both they, I mean, both, they both could just could, be gone. Yeah. yeah. And then it just yeah. depends on when the press release came out first. <laughs> All right, Manny Hill, back to you. Ezra Cleveland will make at least one start at left tackle in his rookie season for the Vikings. Right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right. Uh, back to Judd Zolgad. Jordan Love will start at least one game for the Packers in 2020. Ooh. Jordan Love's going to start a game. Now, maybe Aaron gets hurt. Or perhaps he gets benched. Wow. Jordan Love. Wow. I'm not telling you how it's going to happen. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Write it down. You like writing things down. It could also be that they clinch in Week 16 and Jordan Love comes in and pulls a Matt Flynn. mm, Could smell a rat here. Could Jordan Love come in, pull a Matt Flynn, and throw six touchdown passes, and they just spin him off for a first-round pick? They 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 could do that. (laughs) See that happening? All right, Rami Makhlouf, back to you. Write that down. Do you do I have on record a prediction about the NBA season and if or when that will come back? Do you have do you have my predictions there in front of you, Matt? I do have them in front of me, but I have to scroll through here. Let me see. You've got uh, you've got Joe Exotic pleading to a lesser charge, <laughs> Jeff Lowe being charged with murder. You've got uh, a mystery Mackey prediction that I don't know that hasn't come up yet. Oh, hasn't hasn't okay. come up yet. I don't think you have anything about the NBA season. It's not coming back. There will be no more NBA basketball in 2020. Write that down. I don't like saying it. Wait, we need clarification there. There won't be. They won't restart the 2019 2020 gotcha. NBA sorry, season. These guys, Why did you do I'm that? Sorry. I'm sorry. That was Why? Paused. Sorry. <laughs> wow, you were gonna you, you were gonna do that to Rami? I knew exactly what he meant. Just because you went 0 for nine over no, there, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Do it. Come on, Jonathan. That was mean spirited. We knew exactly care. what he meant. <laughs> no, we knew what was in Rami's heart. No, Rami. You also have, what he said. You also said you're going to punch Judd in the neck sometime this year. Too as one of your predictions. I did say that. Social distancing makes it a little tougher. Yeah, for, yeah. Come on. For you. Can you reach me now? <laughs> Don't make me come over. Can there. you reach me now? Don't make me come over there. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Write this down. I'm going to jump into the Aaron Rodgers pool as well here, boys. It's it's great. Aaron Rodgers will play for at least two more teams in his NFL career. One of them will be either the Bears or the Vikings. Okay. So he will play for at least two more teams in his NFL career. One of them will be will be the Bears or the Vikings. Write it down. Bit of a parlay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, listener Abdul, your final prediction. My final prediction. I'm going to spice it up and throw in some USC. In case it takes place, if it doesn't, I guess I'm out of the run. But uh, Justin Gaethje will uh, knock out Ferguson before the second. End of the second round. Okay. So at some point in the first or second round, it'll be, it'll be a knockout. Yes, sir. All right. Right on, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, since you have the platform here, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point uh, to be on the Mackie and Judd with Rami show? Uh, obviously, Judd. Uh, shout out to Judd. <laughs> well, thanks, Abdul. Judd. appreciate yeah. that. Good talking to you. <laughs> yes. Fine work. Thank you. Bye, Abdul. See you, man. All right. All right, that was fun. Cool. All right, back to Jonathan. Go ahead. My final, Aaron, my final Aaron Rodgers prediction for the day: Aaron Rodgers will play for the Vikings in 2022. Woo! Interesting. You know that if he plays for the Vikings in 2021 and then retires, that you don't get credit for yeah, that. That's point. fine. Okay, just want you to know. I'm okay. Write this down. All right, Manny Hill, your final prediction. 
Uh, Justin Jefferson will have at least 700 yards receiving as a rookie with the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings would for sure take that, right? That would be a nice oh, yeah. little rookie yeah, season. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. I, I, how many non-Randy Moss rookie receivers go for seven or 800 yards? Mm-hmm. That, that would be nice for the Vikings. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd Zolgad's final prediction. My final uh, Packers, Aaron Rodgers related, write that down. Aaron Rodgers will retire and then come back to finish his career. The Brett Favre playbook, baby. He will rip the Favre playbook. He'll rip page 374 out of the Favre playbook and retire and then come back to play. The old Brett Favre playbook. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to... Talk about all that we talk about, but he uh, he was let's just say surprised that uh, that they went in that direction. Go, Brad, go! I love Brett Favre. <laughs> Who does? Can't help himself. Can't He's help just himself. amazing. <laughs> Write this down. All right, back to Rami. Your final prediction. This might require some clarification from the committee here. Happily, Aaron Rodgers. We'll do an interview before the season starts trying to downplay any drama, controversy, or hard feelings between he and the Green Bay Packers. That's fairly quantifiable. I think we basically just have to see a quote from Aaron Rodgers somewhere that downplays the Jordan Love stuff, right? And his relation or his relationship with LaFleur, any any anger or disdain he may have for the Green Bay Packers organization. Okay. Anything along those lines. I any, would say it's pretty likely. Like he's not I don't think he's gonna fan these flames right away because he knows that the out isn't until next year. Mm-hmm. But he'll stew privately and then say the right things publicly. So all right, we'll keep our radars up for that. All right, here's the final prediction. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Write this down, boys. Aaron Rodgers will win a Super Bowl with an NFC North team before his career is over. Oh, grand slam. That's right. He will win a Super Bowl with an, an, I should specify, with another NFC North team before his career is over. So just just to make it clear, that means not the Packers. So either the Vikings, the Bears, I guess, or the Lions. Yeah. That would be fun too. I'm I'm not going to take wow. the Lions off the board. That's but, like Fernando Tatis with two grand slams in one inning. So it's amazing. <laughs> I would take. Write it. this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, there it is, gentlemen. <laughs> what a day! One of the worst. One of the worst weeks of all time from John Harrison You're over there, and uh, a bunch of Aaron Rodgers predictions. All right, when we come back, a couple things. We're going to wrap with Royce. And we're going to talk to our friend and marketing manager, Ross Brendel, He's on about his inexplicable shirtless. He's on his deck with no shirt on, boys. Right now? Yeah, it's a little bit windy for that. It's also, I don't need that. That look on his face is very creepy. Jonathan, you could have said anything windy or any other descriptive word there. Yeah. It's a little bit too blank for yeah, Ross sure. to have his shirt off. It's on a his little deck. bit too daylight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit too outside. A little bit too Wednesday. Wow. A little bit too much Ross. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll let him defend himself when we come back. Mackie and Jeb with Rob. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Time is running short for some cash relief with Score North listening rewards for the month of April. And thanks to our awesome partners, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us and having the Score North app for your chance at free cash. Download the Score North app and enter through listening rewards. Now, normally I would do something for the Score North download boys, but I really just want to hear how Ross defends himself for this, so I'm just going to get right to it. That's oh, wow. been the Score North download. Ross, 
good luck defending yourself, buddy. All right. Welcome back. Mackie and Judd with Rami. We will wrap with Royce here in uh, just a couple minutes, but I'm just going to go through two tweets. And Rami, you feel free to add some context here as well from Quarantine Studio Q. But All right. Ross Brendel is our wonderful and hardworking and talented Love jack Ross. of all trades great marketing dude. manager here at Score North. Let's really butter him up. Great, great dude. He's also the host of the Score North Gopher show, which you can find on Apple or Spotify. Great show. And Ross tweeted yesterday a picture and a caption. Let's start with the picture. <laughs> the picture is two hot dogs with ketchup and mustard. And hot dog buns that literally have, like, his fingerprints in them. Hot dog buns that look like Mike Tyson used them as a punching bag. Yeah. Like, huge indentations. You could, if there was a murder investigation going on and the hot dog buns were the only thing left behind, you could easily lift Ross's fingerprints off of the hot dog buns. Then he also has a side of what appears to be canned green beans, like the ones that are kind of chopped off. Hey, man, now that's one part that I'm not going to criticize. We're all in quarantine. Canned goods are are totally, totally acceptable and usable in these times. Go for it. Then he has a Phil Mackey-approved White Claw in a Blue Moon koozie sitting on his patio at his apartment with, by the way, like a bunch of cars, a parking lot right there. There's probably other patios, very much in plain sight of people and neighbors. And the caption is, first shirtless patio dinner of spring-summer quarantine. I hope the neighbors enjoy the show and the pale top half, to which we pushed back at all of that, basically, (laughs) yesterday and said, (laughs) like, first of all, like, why are you shirtless in public when you're not Ryan Gosling? And he put ketchup on his hot dog. You left that part out. You know what? ketchup on those hot dogs. Let's forget all about the food, and let's talk about the fact that this man had no shirt on while eating. (laughs) It's a lot of Outside, with people coming home. Or at least in quarantine trying to get out. Feels a little unnecessary. There's not sunshine coming in. You're just like outside in the shade. To which Ross pushed back at our pushback and put a poll up on his Twitter account How's today. that going for Ross? On a nice or warm day, how many of you dudes will eat shirtless on a patio or deck or in your back or front yard? Answer honestly and with the utmost integrity, okay? 77% said, no, I'm not eating shirtless. Who are you other 23%? Ross, please tell me you're wearing a shirt for this call right now. He's not. Did you see the tweet right before the break? He's not. He's shirtless talking to us right now. As I stand on my patio, gentlemen, I can feel the cool breeze on my tail top half. Let freedom ring all across the South Metro. It is an honor to be in, can we call this scorecourt, where I can defend my good name and honor, and I will start with this. I I applaud the 23% who answered honestly. The other 77%, we would call them liars. That's what we would call them, ladies and gentlemen. A cool Jen, summer breeze. Doing? This isn't a, a Seals and Croft music video, okay? And it's not even summer. It's And it's chilly out, Ross. It's chilly out. Like, I, I don't even know how to ask this question, but... When you're shirtless and there's a chill in the air, like, aren't there? How do I ask this question without it sounding really we weird? Probably we, shouldn't. Are are there? I could no? cut some. I could cut some glass right now, Rami, if that's what you're about to ask. <laughs> when did you start to dine without oh. a shirt on on a deck where people could see you? I think we need to go back to the beginning, much like therapy, to know how we got to today. <laughs> you know, John, that's a good question. But in all honesty, I don't think that's why we're here. I 
I am here to defend myself. And Phil opens up the first 90 seconds. He makes it all about Mackie, Jun, Rami, and why they're right, why they're right. Well, guess what? You're wrong. And I can tell you why you're wrong, because point number one in a four-point brief, you are all slanderous liars. Open up. Open up the original tweet and zoom in on those hot dogs. Zoom in on those hot dogs. You can say whatever you want about me. You cannot like the food that I ate. You can poke fun at the buns. You can say I shouldn't be shirtless. What you cannot say is that there are ketchup on those dogs. See, I didn't, th- I didn't think there was, Ross, but multi- multiple people, when I said that <laughs> right. on the air, said, no, look closely, there's ketchup on well, those hot dogs. That was it's a fastback In fairness, it is the wrinkles of the hot dogs that make it appear as wait, if there's ketchup. Wait, 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 wait. If this is score, yeah. co- if this is score court, Ross, you're on trial for murder and trying to bring up the fact that you sped away from us okay okay so i don't care about your food no hold you on are i gotta know naked. no i gotta know what happened to the buns what did you what did they do to you that you felt the need to attack them rami you are the foodie of the yes group. i've never eaten a hot dog bun that looked like that ever in my life so- so first off you should know of all people when you get soft legitimate bread that aren't pre-cut, they take some work. And as a good friend of mine even texted me last night, he said those buns are darn near impossible. Do you own a serrated knife? Do you own a serrated knife? That's how you split a hot dog bun, a soft, (laughs) not pre-split hot dog bun. You just get a serrated knife and split that bad boy. This this may shock you, Rami. I am court-ordered not to own such things. (laughs) So I... Okay. Again, again, I don't You're care. Right, Judd. You're I don't right. care about the food. You're right. How do you are dining without a shirt? And you know, God bless you, Ross, but you look sort of like I do. You're dining on the second level outdoors without a shirt on. People are coming home. Where did you get to this point in your life where you felt comfortable doing that? Well, first off, I come from a long line of people. On the male side, I will specify, who will eat shirtless on a nice summer day on a patio. This isn't something that you just do multiple times a year. You don't just do it inside. This is, this is just, this is life. You know, as somebody once close to me, uh, sorry, who is close to me. Hopefully not too close. Right now. No, no. Six feet away. At least six feet away. It's, it's just life. It's just life. You enjoy it. You, because here's the thing, guys. Whether we're here for 12 years or 100 years, in the grand scheme of things, it's a short period of time. Okay. It makes you happy. It makes you happy. Do you do a lot of things shirtless, or is there just something about eating that you especially enjoy doing while shirtless? Because you you specifically talk about eating shirtless. And outdoors, what else are you doing with no shirt on? Okay, in all fairness, this does not happen often. It's a handful of times a year. It's definitely more than one. That's pretty frequent. That's 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 pretty frequent. You know how long summers are here in springs? (laughs) That's a handful too frequent. (laughs) It's definitely more than one. It's probably no more than ten. Wait, are we talking about ten? Ten? Oh, my... <laughs> can I? Excuse me. Can I have my time here? I I feel like I'm no, one the, of the. The I'm, jury's voting to convict right now. 
This is no, all over. No, no. This, and by the way, no, when we're I talking know. about you shirtless, let's please not use the term handfuls. Let's not do that. <laughs> I know I had no chance to persuade this corrupt jury and these corrupt judges. This is all about the court of public opinion, and I would say I was pleasantly surprised that 23% voted to be on the right side of history and the right side of the future. We'd rather be on the wrong side of the present, but be right with history I, and right with the future. I have a logistical question here, all right? Do you, is it, be careful, is the shirtless dinner premeditated, or do you cook those two hot dogs, slather some mustard on, Cook your green beans. I'm the hot dogs. Put your put. Well, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, Rami, I do appreciate <laughs> that because slather got me. Needed to know. Put I stopped at slather. You put your grapefruit or your black okay. berry white claw into your blue moon koozie, and you set up shop, and you get outside, and in the moment you realize, you know what? The only thing that can make this glorious dinner better is if I take my shirt off. How premeditated is it? Well, I think each case has to be evaluated on its own. Some days when the weather is nicer, you've already decided two, three hours in advance, I'm just not putting on a shirt the rest of the day. Other days, like earlier this week, you cook your dinner, you walk outside, you have your white claw, and you go, you know what, this is missing something. You know what it's missing? This shirt needs to come off and just feel nature's hug. And that's... That's how earlier this week went down. Ross, I'm uncomfortable by that phrase. What, what percentage of the time between <laughs> May 1st and October 1st, when you're home, what percentage of the time are you not wearing a shirt? Well, that depends. Is this quarantine or pre-quarantine? Pre-quarantine. Just normal normal everyday life. I, I got to be honest. I'm I'm asking. I'm thinking about asking Dan Seaman for an exception where I don't have to wear a shirt into the office. I will. I, I will I sign every petition against that. I will start every um, petition against that. I would say, in all in all honesty, uh, the question was how how often am I not wearing a shirt when I'm at home? Yeah. What's like the like? What percentage think, are you shirtless? Less than five percent. So you're saving the you're saving the the three to four percent specifically for when it's patio time and it's dinner time and you're going to take your shirt. Yeah, for for really nice days. And I actually, gentlemen, there's still some stuff I know you have to wrap with Royce, but there's things that I want to get to. One, including Patrick Royce, who went shirtless at a spring training baseball game. Do you want to take away Patrick Royce, yeah. the goat of Score North? And fifteen hundred. Do you want to take away his right to yes. sit shirtless yes. at a baseball game? I do I actually do too? He yeah. only did, he only did it once though as a spoof. You actually are doing it because you like to eat without a shirt on, Ross. Ross, what are your as we wrap up scorecard here? What are your what are your final words? Well, can I ask one more question? Any uh, any odd looks or complaints from neighbors? Anything? No, sir. Surprisingly, none. And you mentioned Complaints? well, mainly because they don't talk to me, and I still haven't quite figured out why they don't talk to well, me. Well, we we just but we just did because yeah, they're running just, to your landlord. In that case, Here, here's the thing, though. You you think that oh, the shirtless guys on the patio? Well, here's the deal, Rami. You know, you live in an apartment. I don't need to hear the guy playing crappy guitar at eight a.m. on Saturday, so he can sure as heck look at me shirtless. I and think- the kids screaming in the hallway that aren't mine. There's other doors. I think you being shirtless is a far more egregious crime than anything that you just listed off. I really do. I'm sorry, Ross. 
And Judd, we need to work on your self confidence. You are a very handsome sixty-seven-year-old man. Don't talk exactly. About your no, you're right. not getting yeah, me without a shirt yeah, you on. Look great for almost seventy. You're right. not getting me without a shirt on, Roscoe. I am sorry. All right. Well, hey, we got a, we got a rule here, so let's one, go around the room. More, one more question. Can I get one more question? Go in, ahead. In the most recent picture that you just sent today, Ross. Um, is that the camera angle, or did you lose your neck in a tragic accident? Where is your neck? What what, what is go, What's going on here? You know, you know, let's not poke fun at my neck. Let's <laughs> focus on since quarantine started. Ross Brendel, host of the Score North Gophers show, available on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North app, All right. is, down, is down seven pounds That's since quarantine started. That's okay? awesome. Seven, Congratulations. Seven pounds. So, ladies of the South Metro, come drink it in as I sit on my patio. No, no, and no, 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 no. I got a feeling no. you. I got a feeling that you've gone on a couple dates and taken the shirt off, and that's where you lost the girl. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's a picnic. Oh, I love picnics without your shirt on. All right, I got bad news, Ross. Score court rules against you. Yeah, no, that's guilty. You're guilty of everything. I want Royce's take. I want Royce's take. Ask him. We'll, right, get, we'll it. get it. We'll get it. He was listening. Bye, Ross. Ross Brendel. All right. All right. Patrick Royce, uh, how acceptable is it to, on a public patio of an apartment complex, if you are overweight and you are out on your patio eating dinner to be shirtless? Well, I have a fence around my private private property, and I don't even do that. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even do that. I got a pool. I usually swim with my t shirt on. So unbelievable. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Ross Ross isn't overweight though, is he? Or is he a chub? He's not chubby. Ross is pretty. Ross is chubby. He's husky. Is he chubby? Yeah, he's husky. He's well, chubby. Call him husky. <laughs> You guys have a different standard for that than I do. <laughs> you know, like my standard for uh, chubby is uh, oh, let me see. Uh, remember Noah Jackson from the Bears? That's chubby right there. Remember him, uh, Ronnie? Like what? Uh, then what's Jack- what's what's William oh, Refrigerator Perry Brady then? Jackson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fridge, the fridge. Yeah, he's chubby. He was chubby. <laughs> he's a little You guys all, uh, you know, uh, the the new administration of the Green Bay is getting. All uh, the heat for, uh, you know, disrespecting uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers by drafting this kid from Utah State. How about get, letting William Perry score a touchdown and not Walter Payton? Has anybody in the Super Bowl, has anybody ever done anything more classless than that, than uh, Mike Ditka doing that? He said he just sort of lost track because they scored so many points in that game of who had scored a touchdown and who had not, Pat. and You Walter know what Payton... you can always do when you got like 10 guys over there? What's hey, that? did Walter score that one? I wouldn't have taken too much time. No, Somebody could have given it. It always answer, pissed right? me off, Pat. But Walter, he he forgave Ditka long before he passed. And if Walter can let it go, I I can let it go. Okay, All right. Pat. We want to play some audio for you here. This is from the Rich Eisen uh, show earlier today. Well, Aaron and I get along great, and I did talk to him. I'm not going to uh, talk about all that we talked about, but he uh, he was let's just say surprised that. Uh, that they went in that direction. Brett Favre cutting open a vein on the Rich Eisen show today and revealing <laughs> part of a private conversation with Aaron Rodgers from over the weekend. And, of course, let's see 
if uh, Aaron Rodgers handles Jordan Love with the same classless fashion that Favre handled Aaron Rodgers. So there's a, hold on, there, there, there's an audio clip for that too. Here you go. Oh, you know, it's not his job to mentor Jordan Love. And, and this discussion went on, you know, when I left Green Bay. It, it's not the head guy's job to mentor the next guy. That guy is ultimately there to take your spot. Now, if if Jordan were to ask Aaron, "Can I watch extra film with you?" I would be shocked if Aaron said no. Uh, you know, I think he would go over and beyond to help, but he's not going to go out of his way, and that's I, I can't blame him. Well, not only can't you blame him, you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you basically. Uh, you basically supported the fan revolt uh, that uh, that when the draft was uh, when they drafted him. That was a. I, I don't know if Jordan Love is in the same category because he isn't as highly rated. But that was a. Uh, we don't need a quarterback, but they got one in our lap. We're going to take him. So it turned out pretty good. Favre, though, Patrick Favre remains the greatest of all time. I mean, this guy's. He's just. It's so great. He talks to. It, Aaron tells you he's not going to divulge, you know, the context of their conversation, and then proceeds to tell Rich Eisen almost everything. Mm-hmm. I just well, love the says, guy. Says he wasn't real excited about it. So, uh, you know what? We are we are losing sight of the fact that uh, the uh, new administration did go thirteen and three over there last year, right? Yes. They can't be all idiots, can they? Mm. We'll soon find out. I'm not yeah, sure that Goody. I, mean, I don't know that Goody's going to be that great of GM. They, they're certainly getting bashed for uh, for uh, you know an outfit that went to the NFC title game last year. But uh, that's uh, I guess I guess we did a little Viking bashing here after they went to the NFC title game too. So yeah, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> that's true. We could we could turn on you tonight. Uh The uh, Star Tribune is handy and having this thing this during the virus the sports mailbag to fill up some space and i took a dad me and the other columnists take a few questions this week guess what the first one was hmm. why do you hate pj fleck <laughs> <laughs> and why do you hate pj fleck i used it as a sermon to point out how the word hate has become so overused in the uh in the internet age you know, if you disagree with somebody's sports opinion, he's a hater, right? Mm-hmm. He's it's a true. hater. That's yep. a, that that is a that's the worst thing you can say about somebody, right? That you hate that you hate them. So it should not be thrown out there as easily as it's thrown out there in modern society, right? Think, yeah, Judd always clarifies when he uses the term hate that it's it's sports hate, and there's a difference between sports hate and actual hate, right, Pat? Uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, this whole we hate Iowa thing, and uh, I guess I go for fans. But Do you oh, no, 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 we legitimately hate Iowa. Do you I, sports I, hate P.J. Fleck? Uh, no. Okay. No, I don't sports hate him. Just I, checking. Uh, I, I just like to uh, provide balance, you know, <laughs> and pay tribute to Tracy Clays for those fine draft choices that he produced for the golfers. So things like that, all his recruits. And I just like that. You know, just like to have a little fun with the with the real zealots. That's all. But I don't hate. I don't hate anybody I, in sports. Who do I hate? Who's the last guy I hated? I didn't even hate Denny. 
Then he hated us. There's been a lot more guys that hated us than I than I've hated them in return. I, Tim I, Brewster. I mean, you you Tim Brewster. No, yeah, but I didn't hate him. I just thought he was a complete moron. I wrote that, <laughs> you know. But you can say somebody's a complete. You think they're a complete incompetent moron without hating them, you know. It's a fair distinction. Uh, what is your? But, they, but I but but I have discovered that when you suggest they're morons, then they hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. I suggested that. You know, that, that, that seems to be the case. What is your favorite quality about P.J. Fleck? Uh, uh, what is my favorite? Well, I think he can recruit. He's glorious. You know what? The pandemic's great for him yep. for recruiting. Virtual. He, I mean, they can provide a lot of P.S., you know, and I'm sure he's really on a cutting edge of communicating with uh, with players and making videos look great and great. And, and when they can't make their visits, now some of these commitments he's getting that if they get a chance to make visits before they actually sign in December, that might be a little. I mean, these are nice facilities and all that thing, but it's not like you know coming up here is not like going to Alabama or something yeah. like that. But I think he can recruit. I think he can. I think he can recruit and. I think he coach offense to some degree, yep. and uh, and they, he's got a guy who can coach defense now. So he's, uh, yeah, I, I would say he's a recruiter. Yeah, I, I mean the young. I admit, I, th- I think people should just accept the fact that this guy came to town and said, "I'm not for everybody." He was talking about me, right? Our generation, mm-hmm. my generation, right? He was talking about my generation, and so he's not for us. That doesn't mean we hate him. Trying to think of the last person that, who would be worthy of actually hating in sports in this town. Mm. Last who? Phil Cuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He made a mistake. Okay. Yeah, not forgivable. Uh, Sorry, Phil. Uh, Phil Cuzzy. That would be. Uh, but but not. A, I'm not talking about a, a. You know, somebody who participated in athletics in this town who uh who was i can't remember i can't even remember who was now that's it's not that there's never been anybody that i've dealt with who i hated i just my memory isn't as good as it used to be and i can't remember who it was. <laughs> tommy hurt we got tommy hurt pat using the i'm old stop asking me defense <laughs> tommy Hur- tommy hurt was a recalcitrant he'd be didn't like it here. It is, a, it is amazing how many guys that I've had the, the, that you've had those bad relationship with, and then you see them five years later after they're done playing and they're your best buddy. You know, you and Latroy, right? Oh, the Hawk. I like to call the Hawk at any time I want to, and he gives me good stuff. That's very said like I can call him whenever I want, sir. <laughs> we text her. Well, what's what's the Paul Allen? Uh, we could we text and do something more than we text know. and talk more than people know. More than people know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Pat, okay. we got to run, but uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. All right. All right. Hey, I got a good uh, Gladden piece in the Star Tribune tomorrow. It's already online. It's pretty good. It's about. Uh, you know, he, he started the pandemonium in '87 with the home run, with the grand slam, and he ended it by scoring the winning run of '91. And I watched awesome. this in the past, and it's great stuff. Come on, StarTribune.com. Go check our guy out, Patrick Royce, lover of everyone.
Yeah, of clearly. Yep. Uh, as always, Wrapping with Royce is powered by Josh Arnold Investments here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And right now it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk. Of course, that's Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct, 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. Judd, not only a sunny day and a lot of wind, and there's but a market measured by the Dow, up 532 points, closing at 24,633. The S&P finished up 76, closing at 2939, only 315 points under where where it started the year. NASDAQ was up big time. Why why the NASDAQ up big time? Why even the S&P up big numbers as well? Well, all you have to do is look at mega, the mega names, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google. Market, these, the market moved today first on Google's numbers from last night, which were a little bit better than expected as Google saw, said that they were cutting expenses advertising while down was starting to stabilize and YouTube was doing very well that uh, boosted uh, Google over a hundred dollars a share so it closed uh, today at 1342 with Google's move up the rest of the mega names got a boost on the belief that that would Google's news would translate to the other mega names, um, and it also translated to Facebook. Uh, and Facebook had a nice nice night as Facebook reported their numbers after the bell, and they uh, saw more monthly users than had been expected. They also saw a stabilization in ad ad rates. And in advertising, even though ads are down for the year, uh, but that was also seen positive. So that's going to give Facebook a boost tomorrow. It will also give Amazon a boost, Apple a boost, and Microsoft gets the gets also a boost as Microsoft reported their numbers today after the market closed. Uh, Microsoft uh, looks to open tomorrow at one hundred and eighty-two dollars a share which isn't too far off their high. Microsoft said that the coronavirus had minimal minimal effect on their business, and their CEO, Sachi Nadella, sees that the digitization uh, increasing at a faster rate than had been expected. The market definitely sees Microsoft as a bulletproof company, and this is a company that uh, is continues to beat estimates on its fundamentals, not on dependence of the Fed or any any bailout. Tomorrow we've got Apple and Amazon reporting after the close. Well, I have very big targets on Apple at 400. Apple closed today at uh, 287, and a big target on Amazon at 3,500. Amazon closed at 3,272. I am, as I usually am with my clients, cautious 
on the companies after the earnings reports, as there are some analysts that will uh, try to drive the stock down uh, as some part of the earnings uh, report isn't as good as expected. Uh, with Amazon up pretty strongly for the year, uh, I expect uh, that there'll be some people anticipating even more move, but Amazon's expenses, I think, will be pretty high given the cost of moving product and delivering product on time. And uh, Amazon hired 175,000 new people. Apple, positive could be an increased dividend and uh, some share buybacks and some more news on what's going to happen with their 5G phone. Expect some things going forward. Be prepared for a little bit of pullback on those, those names. But I am positive on the mega. Questions, call me at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risks. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.